God likes to use everyday things to do extraordinary miracles. He can use a vase that's filled with water, and he actually turned it into wine. That's what Jesus did. Because, see, it doesn't matter what the vessel is like. God could pour something in and change its DNA. And that's exactly what he did with my guest, Rebecca Clayton. Rebecca was just basically your average woman, housewife, mother, and she got a taste of DNA that changed her from the inside out. In fact, she has just written a book called The Supernatural Housewife. So I am so pleased and so honored from the UK <laughs> to uh, welcome Rebecca Clayton to Touch by Prayer. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for, for coming on uh, Touch by Prayer and, and sharing your awesome, awesome stories and um, talking about your upcoming book. Hi, Lisa. It's, it's really good, actually. It's really exciting to be able to do this. Um, technology is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yes, we're actually doing this through Skype because, you know, it's just a heck of a lot cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. <laughs> am, I, am I your first UK guest from what yes. you just said? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. First. That's exciting stuff, that is. It is. And actually, you are my first international guest, to be quite honest. Wow. I'm your first international guest. Yes, you are. And I, and the interesting thing is that we, we weren't, I don't even think we were friends on Facebook. Correct? Oh, no, we weren't. No. Mm -mm. But, but somebody posted that you were writing this book and the title just, Lord me, because the title of your book is is the supernatural housewife. Uh huh. And yeah. and that was basically how I felt. I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm a housewife who does like supernatural things. <laughs> that's that's really um, really exciting because the book actually began life under the title Tales of Encouragement, because essentially it is a collection of testimonies of, of supernatural healings and words of knowledge and so on that I have seen happen in the last, oh, when's the first one? Maybe eight, eight or nine years. So and now, how did you, how did you start to do this? People. How did I begin to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, I began to do it, and I've actually written about this in, in the book, but actually when I very first saw someone healed, I was basically just copying what I had seen a minister do in a church where I'd seen healing happen. It was as simple as that. I got, I was kind of feeling stirred by the Holy Spirit. I was full of kind of supernatural excitement, if you like. It was the first time I'd really felt Holy Spirit move like that, and I knew something was going to happen. The guy came to the door. He said he'd got a problem with his knee. And I don't think I even asked him for permission. I just kind of went, oh, we can sort that out and laid my hands on it and told it to be healed. And it was. I'm not sure who was more shocked, me or the guy, because he wasn't a Christian. <laughs> so essentially, I had seen it happen. I had seen healings happen. And I'd watched what the minister did. And I thought, well, same Jesus lives in me that lives in, in him. So I'm going to do it. And I did. That's awesome. But, was that? Well, but that took a, that took a step of faith. I mean, that took a leap of faith. But there was something that you said is that you felt the Holy Spirit stir inside of you. And it brings me to the scripture where it says, Jesus says, I only do what I see my father in heaven do. So that, that feeling that that was inside of you from the Holy Spirit, almost like gave you permission to do this. 
in that particular instance, yeah. But that was, I mean, before that, I I probably prayed for maybe a it's few three and a couple of head, headaches, you know, but not um, not anything that was kind of really um, particularly big sticks, you know. But on this particular day, I I just was full of 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 Holy Spirit energy is the only way I know how to describe it. Um, but I believe that was kind of a kickstart thing. That was Holy Spirit kind of, you know, putting his toe up my derriere to get me to to actually step out and start doing these things. Because now and even immediately after that, I could just decide. I was, you know, like, oh, dear, someone so and so's hurt their back. I'll pray for it. It will get healed. So it, it, I wouldn't want anyone to think that they've got to kind of wait for the stirring of the Holy Spirit to go and see someone healed. Well, I think that that's um, but I, what I was trying to say is that you felt the unction from the Holy Spirit because I believe when when there's a shift in the atmosphere, then there then there comes a um a time of of healing when there's that shift when there's that feeling. Oh, yeah, there are times. There are times, but I would never wait for it. Well, that's because you're just releasing what's inside of you. So the Holy Spirit is always with you. Exactly. On that occasion, he was just making me really aware that he was there with me to get me to cross the chicken line. And once once you do it, then it becomes like, oh, no problem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's that it's crossing that chicken line that that's kind of can be the big deal in your mind, you know. Absolutely. And so so after this person was healed, which, you know, as you said, you didn't know who was more shocked, him or you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So how much longer after that did it take you to start praying again for healing? Oh, goodness. It's such a long time ago now. But I mean, after that, I was kind of just up for it, really. You know, I just started kind of praying for friends at church and just anyone that I got near really that that would one thing that I noticed was that people that I didn't know would start telling me about their medical complaints yep and they're standing there and you can see them thinking why am I telling you this I don't know you and I'm thinking I know why you're telling me this (laughs) absolutely absolutely and you know see that's the whole thing is that sometimes sometimes it's it's the Holy Spirit who's moving us and sometimes it's the holy spirit who's moving them or move them and and they no they've no idea i mean one one guy um was actually um he was doing tiling in my mother's kitchen now my mother she's moved forward quite a lot since then but at the time she really was not keen on this whole christian healing thing you know not not happy at all um thought it was all a bit weird and odd and this I walked into her house to see her and this guy was there and he just sort of he was chatting to my mum and she'd made him a cup of tea and then he just started telling me about all this problem with his back and his leg and his something else you know and you could see him kind of thinking what am I doing why am I telling you this and I'm exchanging glances with my mother that say you know what I'm going to do now and I'm going to do it anyway. So if you're uncomfortable, you need to just leave the room. You know? So she just kind of excused herself and went, I'm just going to go and 
do something in the garden or whatever and kind of left the room. And this guy who was an atheist, I got to pray. He had a problem with his um, leg. I can't remember what it was now, but he was, he was in quite a lot of pain with it. And I, I, he let me pray for it. And uh, I remember him saying, what's that funny feeling? I I feel all funny. I feel all funny. And I said, what do you mean funny? He said, I said, like you've had a bit too much to drink. And he said, yeah. I said, well, that's, that's Holy Spirit. It's good, isn't it? And he said, but I'm an atheist. And I said, well, that's all right. God isn't. And just carried on. And this guy got his... Um, I don't know if the leg was healed, but he then started telling me he got a back problem. Um, so we prayed for that and his back was healed. I didn't actually get to see him again after that. I think he moved out of the area. So I don't know what happened with the leg. But his, the look on his face was priceless. <laughs> That's awesome. And see, what I I think it's really important that when when we start to understand our authority, as we start to understand that it's God's heart for healing, Yes. Jesus, Jesus healed. That was his heart. Mm-hmm. And he didn't turn anybody away. No. Exactly. So, so sometimes it's our own fear that really stops us from, from moving forward. Or sometimes it's just, I hate to say shame, but like you, you recognize that your mom, if it, she was going to have a problem, you asked her to leave the room. It's well, it's going to be uncomfortable. Actually, I didn't actually use words. It was just an exchange of glances. Um, but she would never, she wouldn't kind of be um, angry about it or anything. But I could see that it was making her uncomfortable, you know, kind of squirming a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, she's um, she's moved on quite a lot in the last few years, which is good. Well, that's because she has seen the faithfulness. She has seen the consistency of the father. Well, you know, last year, her grandson, my nephew, um, aged 22, if I have my maths right, was healed of lifelong sensorineural deafness, which is medically incurable. It's it's basically the wiring between your ears and your brain doesn't work. Um, and he was healed. Wow. And now has perfect hearing. So, you know, I th- I'm guessing that moved her forward quite a bit. Well, I, I would think it's that that would. It's for me to tell you that because he's he's like he's like happy to go public on that. Well, and, and but see, isn't that beautiful? Like yeah. something that was so near and dear to her could yeah. open up such a a part of her that she didn't feel comfortable with, but now is fully accepting. And in fact, I'm sure that there have been times that she has told you about certain people who need healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I think, is is how the Holy Spirit brings about the truth. Because when, when Jesus, especially in his own hometown, we'll go back to the scripture, where it says that he couldn't do many miracles in his own town. But he actually had to step outside of the city in order for, he did some. But it was very difficult because of the stuff that was going on. The lack of faith, the lack of of their their hearts, just the... Um, I, I, it, it basically sometimes can cause some blockages in the flow of the Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit will only go where Holy Spirit is welcome. Mm-hmm. But if there's an invitation, if there's such a, um, a a push from the Holy Spirit, well, welcome or not welcome, he's coming. 
I guess that's the best way that I can I can say it because sometimes the Holy Spirit is so strong that you can just feel because see what what we fail to understand sometimes is a person's heart. Holy Spirit knows a person's heart. And if it's their heart to be healed, if it's their heart to be free, he can sense that. So therefore that invitation that is being sent, that person readily agrees with and just go that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I also think it's it's interesting that you said that you didn't ask permission to pray over the man with the knee because when I when I first started and and just to to kind of you know my my listeners kind of know this but I I actually started my ministry working at a cosmetic counter and and God would send people would send women to me at the cosmetic counter who mm-hmm. would get healed and it was. It was so funny because my husband would often say lipstick or prayer because I would tell him these stories. <laughs> and and so he would say, oh, prayer, Lisa will be in another 15 minutes. So you just have to wait. But it was this this joke. But it was true. Within a few minutes, I could tell whether the Holy Spirit had sent me somebody for healing. And sometimes it was for, for emotional healing. Sometimes it was for physical healing. Sometimes it, it was just a word of knowledge or a word of encouragement. I mean, the stories, some of the stories were just so beautifully orchestrated how he did stuff that yeah. to, to this day, it encourages me to step forward with other things. And I think that's, that's what's so cool about your story is it like you, you just saw somebody else doing it and you knew in your spirit that, that it's the same Jesus. And I think that's such a, a strong point. Everybody has this ability because that's what Jesus said. It's not just for some, it's no. for all. Uh huh. Yeah. And I have trained people who have known Jesus for probably about three weeks and I have given them about two minutes worth of training, if that, and got them to pray and the person was healed. Well, I'm sure you've seen yeah. videos of people who are with people who are not believers. Yeah. But they say, go ahead, put your hand on that person. Yeah. Tell that, and tell that bone to move or tell that back to get into alignment. And, and that person gets healed. Yeah. It's just because the Holy Spirit is in the house. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit can use anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, heck, you know, God spoke through a donkey. So I always feel I'm just one step above a donkey. If he, if he can make a donkey speak. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I have a friend who was, who was um, he used to work in youth camps and stuff. And um, he actually, to, to kind of get the, the point across to these kids, is like, it's not me. He actually prayed over a stick and handed it around the circle. And as he handed it around the circle, the, the various kids with whatever problems they had got healed. Oh, see, now that's good. And that's scriptural. And the circle, you know. But that's scriptural because Paul laid hands on cloths or yeah. Peter. And, and as soon as the cloths touch people, people yeah. are healed. Yeah. So it, it, that is a scriptural thing. Like if, if you, you know, if you want to see people healed, heck, you know, pray over their stuff. <laughs> I, I think we have a, a mutual friend who, when she bakes, she prays over her stuff. Uh-huh, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I think, you know, as as we start to truly understand the the love, the love that, that Daddy has for us and that he wants us to to go out, to preach the good news, 
But I think because of, unfortunately, and I'm, I'm not trying to church bash, but because of the misunderstandings and the improper teachings of, yeah. of doctrine, um, it has really held back the church in so many ways. Not, not so much that the people don't love God. There's never a question where the pastors don't love God. Never yeah. a question of that. But it's, they, there's a fear factor. That if, what if, what if that person that I say God is going to heal them, what if they don't, then I'm going to look bad. (laughs) And I think that that can sometimes hinder somebody's growth, especially like there are some people who pray for people and nobody gets hurt. Like we have a mutual friend, Dave, praying medic, Hayes, who he wrote in his book, he prayed over how much, 400 people? I know, respect to that man, because yeah. to be honest, I would have given up after about number 50, probably. But, he, <laughs> but Right, but he yeah. was convinced. See, he yeah. never thought that the problem was in God. He he always understood, There's, I'm doing, I must be doing something. There <laughs> must, be, there must yeah. be something wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that, that process where we, we start to say, okay, maybe it's my lack of faith maybe it's my fear because i think fear god's really been talking to me lately about fear but like fear can really stop because even like when the disciples were in the boat with jesus and that big storm came and they were so fearful for their life yeah that they ran to jesus and they're like how could you sleep (laughs) he's like what you kidding me this is what is this this is nothing nothing can kill me yeah yeah. (laughs) don't you I, i am not moved by fear Mm-hmm. And he went out and he told the, the seas to be still. And I think that fear that has gripped the church is what's stopping the church, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So now let me ask you a question. So you starting, you're starting to operate in, in, in healings. What, how, did you experience any other kind of supernatural Holy Spirit kind of stuff? Well, around the same time, maybe a bit before the the first kind of real healing. um, Actually, let me back up slightly. When I was a very young child and all through my adult life, well before I became a Christian, I would often kind of know things that other people, things that I shouldn't know. Um, I I would see things happen before they happened. Nothing of any huge import, but it was kind of there. Um. And I, when I became a Christian, I kind of talked to um, the people at the Anglican church that I was at at the time and said, I don't I don't understand what this is. is. Is this, you know, and they said, well, you know, and this is really good advice, actually. I still use it now. They said, pray and ask God if it's not him to take it away. And if it is him to give it, give you more. Well, I did that. And for a little while, these things went away. And then um, they kind of, when we got, um, we joined a, a more spirit-filled church and, and they kind of started to come back a bit and, and I was like, okay, I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't know, what's this? And then I heard someone preaching and, and talking about um, Jesus with the woman at the well, you know, when he says, the man you're with is not, not your husband, you've had five husbands and the one you're with now is not your husband, you know. And and they were using that scripture and talking about what I now know is is a word of knowledge. And I something clicked in my head. I was like, oh, of course, 
course, that's what that's for. Because if you can talk to someone and, and kind of say, oh, you know, when you were five, you had this lovely little dog and it, you know, it sadly died and that really bothered you or whatever. They will know that that's God talking to them because there's no way that you could have known that. And I kind of it kind of clicked. And from that point on, I started saying, God, I really want you to do more of that in me. I want you to show me things, not because I want to be exciting and cool and it's a cool party trick. Although, you know, it is fun when that kind of thing happens, but because it reveals you to them in a way that they will understand. It, it reveals you to them. And, it, and it's not just me talking. You know, and and as soon as I started to kind of say that to God and kind of ask him for that kind of thing, I started to see little pictures. Maybe when I was chatting to a friend on Facebook, I would see a picture or, you know, talking to someone on the phone. Sometimes I would see a picture before the phone rang and I'd go, you know, I just saw a picture of a neck. Have you got a neck problem? You know, and it just started to come. But the thing about it was I had to be brave enough to ask them. Because God could give you a word of knowledge for every person that walks past you down the street, unless you've got the the guts to say, hey, this is a really strange question, but do you have a problem with your ear? You're never going to know, are you? They could be completely accurate for every person you walk past. Well, and, and I think that's, that's the whole thing is that it's God is starting to, he starts off with little things. And as you start to realize, oh, that was him. Okay, I'm going to listen a little bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so really, from the point that I kind of went, oh, hang on, that is a, that is from God, and that is, you know, it is okay for me to have that. It's part of who I was created to be in Him. And started kind of, you know, I read some books and, and listened to some people talk about it and stuff, and I started to ask Him, and then I started getting, you know, like uh, pop songs for people when I was queuing in the supermarket was one of the, the first really kind of obvious ones. Um, you know, he likes to use music. He he uses music a lot with me. He loves to use music with me, actually. And um, and I grew up in quite a musical family, and I've always had music around me, mm-hmm. all kinds of different genres. So um, I guess for me, that's just kind of how he talks to me. I hear him all the time in secular songs, and you know, all kinds of weird and wonderful places. Um, but he sometimes gives me like prophetic words for other people in the form of a song very which, um, which can be very cool it sometimes gets you slightly odd looks but <laughs> what was one of the most bizarre songs that that daddy ever gave you what was he gave me a couple of weeks ago oh i can't think what it was now i posted it on my facebook wall it was something that i hadn't thought of in years and years and years it was an old motown hit Oh, that's so funny. Just, you know, um, he gave, he gave, oh, okay, I need to share this. About two, maybe three weeks ago, I was just doing the ironing, you know, just mm-hmm. being, being a housewife. My, my husband always says he'd like me to be slightly more housewife than I am supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely, darling. Could you be a bit more housewife this week, do you think? You know. So I'm doing I'm doing the ironing and I suddenly get a, a really old um, monkeys song. Daydream Believer. No. Huh? No, I am I'm I'm a but that's not Daydream Believer. No, I am a believer. 
Uh, no, <laughs> the name of the song is Daydream Believer by the Monkees. I was just trying to think of a monkey song. No, it's not day. No, it's not Daydream Believer. There's another one that's called I'm a Believer. Oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But it starts out, and I'm just like, kind of, is that for someone specific? And as it's grown, I actually started to type it up, but I haven't done anything with it yet. So you, this is this is like fresh off the press. I didn't know this was going to come out, but it's for somebody out there or possibly large sections of people out there. Because the song begins, I thought love was only true in fairy tales. There for someone else and not for me. And God is, is going to bring such a revelation of his love. There, there are people who intellectually they know his love. They're Christians. You might have been a Christian all your life and intellectually you know that he loves you. You can quote the verses. You know where they are in your Bible. You might even have the someone someone has the pages turned down like, you know, on John 3.16 and kind of, you know, those those particular verses. You've actually turned the pages down. You know it intellectually, but you've never for whatever reason, you've never really felt it in your heart. You've never been able to fully feel loved and accepted. And I believe that that what the Lord is saying is that he's going to bring this like a tsunami is what I'm seeing of his love on you and you will know him in in a way that you never thought was possible and and you might even be listening to this going oh yeah whatever yeah 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 I know the Lord I've known the Lord 30 years but trust me you have not known love like this the the chorus of the song says and don't get hung up on the fact that we we refer to god as male and this song's about a female leave that to one side for a moment because the the chorus of the song says then i saw her face now i'm a believer without a trace of doubt in my mind i'm in love you you are in love i'm not talking about romantic love i'm talking about being in love surrounded by love encapsulated in his love and many of you are going to know that for the very first time and i thank you father for bringing that out because i have forgotten all about it and bless you whoever whoever that person or group of people is bless that word father in jesus name that's awesome and he's been talking about love because he just brought into my head love is in the air I said it's a 1970s song, but I knew, I knew the song, and it's, okay. love, and it's love is in the air in every, um, I actually love put it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I look around. Yeah. Yeah, I know the one. And it, and it was so funny, because what he's been really talking to me about is he's been saying that people, you know, some songs that are written are actually written for him. But the person who wrote it doesn't understand it. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that is, that is so cool. And I believe there just recently during, um, I think it was Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. on Palm Sunday here in the United States, they actually broadcasted this television show. It was on a major network and it was called The Passion where mm-hmm. they actually tried to retell the crucifixion of Christ, but they actually used secular music. They used music that people knew. And yeah. it was so interesting because there were certain songs that were just, 
it, yeah. they were just so beautiful. And as you, as you started to hear them, you went, Oh my gosh, of course, of course, yeah. that's a song from Jesus. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's a song from the father because the, the lyrics see, because we are so, we are so created in his image and people, whether they believe or they don't believe God can still give people ideas and they can create something beautiful and they don't even realize that it's a song from the father to the father, but people are singing it. And, and the Lord knows that, that that song needed to be birthed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a song that's actually older than I am. Uh huh. It's really, really old. Um, and, um, oh, about three years ago now, God used it to really speak to me and kind of confirm where he was taking me in my ministry. And it's, um, it was the theme tune to, I think it was called Love Story, the film with yeah. Ryan O'Neill. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's sung by, um, she's very, very famous in the UK. I don't know if you know her in the States, Shirley Bassey. Mm-hmm. Very famous Welsh lady. Um, and if you listen to the words of that, she's not singing to a lover. Although the film was a was a you know a, a love story between human beings, and there was, as far as I know, there was no kind of um, Christian message in it or anything. But that song, if you listen to it, she is not singing about a human lover. The, mm-hmm. the very the very first line is, "Where do I begin to tell the story of how great a love can be?" A sweet love story that is older than the sea. The simple truth about the love he brings to me. Where do I start? And it goes on like that. And you're just like, it, it works on a completely different level. And, and you do wonder if she actually knew what she was singing. I have no idea. But, but when God used it with me, he completely, I ended up on the floor of my friend's dining room, kind of just in a heap when I listened to it he spoke it to me in a meeting the day before and was like reminding me about this song and I didn't get to look at it at the time because I only had like a data connection on my phone I didn't have wi-fi I was staying with a friend I got up the next morning I thought oh you know while I'm kind of putting my makeup on and whatever I'll listen to that song and it completely floored me completely floored me and still does now i have it on my phone i listen to it in my car sometimes and it and it still absolutely floors me and i think it's it's so beautiful how he uses music how he uses tv shows or he uses movies or or books to speak to us he he once said to me he said lisa he says i speak to people in many different ways he said some people, he says, I use pastors or priests or ministers. He says, some people, I speak through the Bible or through books. He says, and I'll highlight something and it'll, it'll speak to them. He says, to some people, I'll use music. He said, to, to some, and he said, any type of music. He said, to some people, he says, um, I can use um, a TV show or, or some sort of entertainment movie. He says, some people... He goes, I use um, nature. <clears throat> and he said, and, and to some people, I can only speak one or two words. Because if I spoke more than that, they would be afraid and they wouldn't believe it was me. Yeah. He said, but to some people, he says, I can speak and I can talk to them just like I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. And he said, and it really doesn't matter how I speak. 
speak to them. It's just a matter that they know it's me. Mm-hmm. He says, so just like some people like to talk on the telephone, he says, and some people like to text. You don't call somebody who only likes to text, and you don't text somebody who only likes to speak. You speak to them how they like to be spoken to. You converse with them the way they like to be communicated to. And I thought, whoa, that, that is a father. Because if you think about relationships that you have with people, you don't converse with them the same. No. Some people you can have a very long, drawn-out conversation with, and some people it has to be short and sweet. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the same thing with the father. There, sometimes I think we get so excited that we want people to have a relationship just like ours, which is a wonderful thing because our relationship with the father is good and it's strong, and so we want to share that. But relationships have to be built, and they have to be built around that person's personality. The personal, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You can't expect someone else's relationship with, with God to look like yours. Exactly. And I think that this is a season that we're moving into where the unique individual relationships that people have with the father are not going to be judged, but are going to be embraced. Yeah. Because I think you see a different, like the, if I were to sit and have a conversation with you of the things that daddy had spoken to you, and if you were to have a conversation with me about the things that daddy has discussed with me, we would learn a different part of the father because you brought something out different than I did. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the, those differences need to be celebrated, not, you know, judged. Not judged, but also, you know, I think sometimes with the, with the very best will in the world, we try to share what we have and what we've learned, but, but we're almost trying to kind of turn out cookie cutter. Correct. People, you know, we're trying to kind of, yeah, kind of replicate because we know what we have works for us. We're trying to replicate it in them. But actually what you need to do is say, look, I did this and this worked. You can try that. That works, you know, and they'll find their own, their own relationship with God through us sharing our stories. And I also think part of the, the whole process of, of living a supernatural life is living a relationship. And out of that relationships come supernatural things. Yeah, exactly. Because as you became closer and more intimate with the Father, as you started to see these things, because as we see these things, what do we do? The first place we go to, okay, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? I mean, tell me what just happened. Yeah, exactly. And I, and, and I think that, you know, it's in that engagement with the father that he says, oh, well, that was this and this is what happened and that's what's going to happen or go tell that person this and, the, the the most exciting part about, as, as people like to say, reading other people's mail, is that the father will always take out the confidential pages as to not embarrass. Oh, yeah. He'll never, he'll never, you know, do you know who Simon Cowell is? Yes. He'll never do a Simon Cowell on you. Correct. You know, he'll, he'll kind of, he'll phrase it in such a way. I, so, uh, there have been times when I've said something to someone and I had no idea how kind of penetrating it was because the way I said it was meaningless to me, but to them it was like an arrow, you know, in their heart, you know, yeah, they knew what he was talking about, but he didn't tell me. 
Well, it's, it's interesting because I, I just was at a prophetic conference just this past weekend. And when I was at this prophetic conference, I, I did a workshop. And the name of the workshop was How to Take the Holy Spirit to Work with You. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I, I started to talk about that. And then the Lord started to give me different types of occupations. So he would give me an occupation and I would say, is there someone here who who works in the school system? Hands mm-hmm. raised. Is there somebody here who was a nurse? And it was these different occupations that the father and, and every almost every single person in that room, with the exception of a few, was was called out because there was a word for that person. But there was somebody there was something that I called out, which I was very surprised nobody responded to. But I had two workshops. The second workshop is where that occupation was. And the word that was for this person was so personal and it went beyond just giving them a word of encouragement at their workplace. But it was it was breaking off stuff. It was fixing stuff that's been hurt, healing stuff that's been questioned. But what was so beautiful, I, I actually said to him, I said, and you thought you were just learning how to take the Holy Spirit to work with you. I said, if you would have realized what this was going to be, you wouldn't have come. No. Because people are so afraid that God is going to shame them publicly. Yep. And that is not the heart of the Father. So if that happens or if it has happened to someone, I apologize. That was not a person. That was not the heart of the Father. That was a person who was not listening to the Father. And they gave out information they should not have given out. No, because, I mean, even if he shows you something. Correct. Tension is that you correct it. Correct. You, you know, you show them a way forward. The old adage is, if someone's drowning, you don't stand there and describe what they're drowning in. You throw them a rope. Correct. And you pull them in. <laughs> you just start hand them the rope. So you begin to kind of prophesy the answer, not the problem. Correct. So the answer, not the problem. Yep. So, so you're operating in, in words of wisdom and words of knowledge. You're operating in healing. So I just have to go to the next step of the supernatural. <laughs> have you also done deliverance? Have you been casting out demons? Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, kind of goes with the territory, really. Um, and I, I, I struggled slightly. I've shared a couple of stories in the book, but I deliberately kept that section short because our focus is on Jesus and what he's Amen. doing, you know. Amen. But, when I was kind of debating whether to put that stuff in there or not, my husband said, well, I think you're going to have to, Beck, because otherwise it's like kind of giving someone the keys to a motorbike and not showing them where the brake, you know, how the brakes work in an emergency. You've, you've got to put some kind of basic instruction in there, really. Um, and some, as much as instruction, it's just encouragement that you have the authority when these things crop up. You know, don't don't go demon hunting you don't need to do that but when when something comes up you need to to know that you are equipped to deal with it so that's kind of that's the um, the final section in the book really well i think that you know what we i think sometimes because they're part of the healing process and this is sort of what what the father spoke to me sometimes sometimes you have to get rid of something before the healing can come yeah so sometimes we do, you know, it, it's kind of like it's, if somebody is um, has ticks on them, 
you, you know, you don't just uh, put a tick collar. <laughs> no, you, you have to get rid of. You got to get rid of the ticks that are there. Then you put the collar on. It, it's yeah. sort of like that. So, yeah, it, it's something that unfortunately we we do have to deal with. I mean, Jesus dealt with it, and it's something that as a, a child you are going to have to come across. I'm not saying that everybody is called to that type of of ministry, and some people won't ever, ever see that. But if it does, and you know, the interesting part of it is sometimes, we, you know, we we tend to, I hate to say glamorize, or we, but we, we definitely make it much bigger than it is. Exactly. And what the Lord has been showing me is <clears throat> sometimes when somebody is, is crying and you can't minister to them, Mm-hmm. That all that all that crying and you think it's breakthrough and it's just no 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 sometimes that's not sometimes that's actually the demon trying to drown you out <laughs> just and just trying to put you off track and think oh yeah. you know it's upsetting her don't you yeah know. and and uh, I'm sure you you were taught this and I don't know where I was taught it but it, it's true if someone if you pray for someone and they go down go with them do not assume that the job is done because they fell over oh that's interesting no I never heard that and in fact. I have. It's it's quite useful that. I mean, a lot of the time, it you know, job is done. Mm-hmm. But always, it's a good idea to go with them and just continue to pray for a minute. Well, you know, it's so it's so funny that you bring that up because um, I was ministering at this women's conference and I I had this really nice um, I had this very very nice dress on which was which was wonderful. However, it as I would bend down and come back up and come bend down and come back up. My my skirt would go, would go up and down, and they were they were constantly trying to fix my skirt. <laughs> I'm like, that's it, no more skirts for me. I'm going to be in pants from now on. I I kind of go for like dresses with leggings under them. Yeah, I well now I understand. I never understood that whole process. I get it now. But but this but was you haven't really got the legs for dresses these days anyway. So leggings are that's a good look on me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um. <laughs> So, so it's, it's very, very interesting what you, when you start to step out and God starts to step in, (laughs) and he starts to, to show off because he has shown up. It's amazing what you can see and how you see things. It just really, to me, it really blows my mind because it's, it's almost like you've stepped into a whole new dimension. Yeah, it is. But, but, what I really, my kind of passion really is to break down this idea that, you know, I've, I've had people, I've, I've like shared a story and they go, oh, you must have worked really hard to see that. Like, um, well, no, actually, I just woke up one morning and God said, go and do this. So I did. You know, this, yeah. this kind of perception that only big, big, important people who fasted and prayed for months and, you know, all this and been to college and, and done all these things. They're the people that see the big, exciting stories. No, they're just the ones that get to tell them with a microphone. Well, it you know, what's interesting. And, it, and it, you don't have to be. Um, I'll tell you something, OK, I really struggle with long prayer. Unless I'm, unless I'm doing it out loud, I struggle with long prayer. My conversations with God might last an hour, but there'll be like five minute sections broken up with, oh, sorry, God, I forgot. I started writing a shopping list then, didn't I? Let's go back to where we were. You know, anyway, what were we talking about when I was in the bar? Just normal chit chat, you know, there's none of this. 
that I, I struggled for a long time with the idea that I had to sit down and I had to concentrate and I had to put everything else out of my mind. And, and, and some of those things work brilliantly for some people. But if you're not one of those people, be free. Well, one of the best conversations I ever have, I usually have with God when I'm in the shower or I'm washing my hands. And I, I once asked him, I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, I think that's called being a mother. You get to have conversations with God in the shower because it's the only place you get left alone usually. Well, he, I actually said to him, I said, Lord, I go, why? Cause, or when I'm washing dishes. When I'm washing dishes, he'll talk to me. If I'm washing my hands, he talks to me. Washing my face, taking a shower. So I said to him, I said, Lord, I said, why do you always talk to me when I'm in the bathroom? And he said, because that's when I have your undivided attention. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And also driving. Driving. Some, but sometimes... Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, um, I, one time I was I was driving in the car, and I tried to call a couple of different people, and nobody was answering. And I heard the Lord say, "How about talking to me?" <laughs> and I went, "Oh, I'm so sorry." That's a good point. Yeah, you know, because we do we get so we get so riled up. But when we, if you go back to the beginning, He mm-hmm. created Adam and Eve because He wanted to have conversations. He wanted to have children. He he wanted to have interactions. He wanted to be social. Because every it said that he would come at the cool of night to come and sit with and talk with them. Yeah. He would come. And you know, honestly, Rebecca, when when I first started to read the Bible, because I, I came from a Catholic background, which mm-hmm. you didn't read the Bible if you were Catholic. Mm-hmm. They do now, which is such a beautiful thing. But Back then, when I was, when I went to, you know, Catholic, not Catholic school, but like the Catholic, um, like, uh, um, they called it CCD. It was basically like Bible study. But what was interesting is once I started to read it, you know, people are said, okay, if you're going to read, start with the, the Gospels. So I started with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it was nice and it was okay. But I was, I don't know, I still didn't get something. So I decided I'm going to start reading the Bible from the beginning. And I, I started in Genesis, and I started to read, and I got to the part with Adam and Eve that he came down. And I got so excited because I, I remember having the Bible, and I can see myself going, oh, he was here, he was here, he was he was here, on, he was here on earth. I was so excited that God came down. Uh-huh. And that made, and that, I truly believe that's what kind of changed my whole Focus that and the book The Shack, because oh I yeah, I, I actually read that around about two thousand and eight. So yeah, yeah. When I read The Shack, that's that's when I was weeping and wailing and crying because the God that was in the book is the God that I wanted to meet, and uh-huh. that's exactly who I met. Who's funny? Who has a great sense of humor? Who will call you out when you're doing something wrong in uh-huh. a gentle way? Yeah. And encourage you to do things, but not condemn you if you don't. Uh huh. That's, I think, the difference. Because when you first get a word, and and the Lord says, "Go talk to that person," your your first instinct is, "But I don't know what to say to them. What am I going to say to them?" And you don't hear anything, but you hear, "Just go." Because when we go, is when we get the word. It's not when we're waiting. Sometimes it's when we're waiting, but usually it's like first he highlights somebody or he tells us to go. And it's in that obedience that you get the next phase. So as you step out, as you start to talk to someone, 
don't worry that you're not going to know what to say because as soon as your mouth opens, the father will fill it. When you begin to to share, you know, the little bit you've got or even just say hello or whatever you've got, he puts the words in your mouth. Yes. Open your mouth and I will fill it. Yes. Yes. And it, it's it's an interesting journey that I've been on, actually. Um, I'm digressing slightly, but this might help someone because when I was very first a Christian and we were part of the Anglican Church, I knew very early on that God was calling me to ministry of some sort and they were very supportive and they sent me on kind of courses. And um, But their perspective on ministry, of course, in an Anglican church, the Church of England, is, is that, you know, you will either be a lay minister or you will be an ordained minister and you, and you you fulfill certain roles but there isn't really a lot of kind of room in that and none of that kind of felt right um and i wanted i so wanted to speak you know to just do a reading in church to just be on the readers roster whatever and i would put my name down and i know that at least twice probably more times than that, my name would come up and I would be so nervous the night before. I actually spent all night being ill and had to cancel and couldn't do it. Could not do it at all. And I I don't know. I think some of it was that the devil knew that once I got started, he was in trouble probably. But over the kind of 12 years since then, God has gradually kind of broken that off of me and, um, gradually gradually we, we went on holiday to Finland in 2011 and I ended up sharing in a church on a Sunday meeting by accident quote unquote <laughs> yeah like like there's accidents in the kingdom it's like yeah and, and God just goes oh bye. and that was the first time I'd ever spoken in a church and I just got up and started kind of didn't I planned a little thing didn't really say that ended up just kind of sharing some of our testimony and praying for people afterwards and a few people got healed and it was all fun you know but but he if you begin to trust him with the little bits he'll build on it and gradually 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 you find that that fear goes away and that that concern about not knowing what to do I, when i first started teaching i used to um i was part of the leadership of something called you can do it ministries um about three years ago now and we had a series of like workshops, Saturday morning workshops, and we kind of shared stuff with people and then took them out on the street and tried kind of letting them loose to have a go, basically. Um, but when I first said that I would be part of that, the guy that, that had the vision assumed that I was a speaker, that I knew what I was doing. And, and the next thing I knew, he said, oh, will you be? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll be. I can help. Yeah, whatever. You know, thinking, oh, I'll help put the chairs out or, you know whatever and the next thing i knew i've been given the 90 minute preaching slot That's <laughs> preached in my life before but i did it i did it and but i did it with copious notes you know i made no i made notes and i sent them to a friend of mine to read and he went this is this isn't notes this is an essay Beck. you know it's good but it's an essay it's not notes um move forward um, to last year I was speaking at an event just outside Birmingham in the UK that is not Birmingham Alabama and um, I started to plan for this 
and the date was getting nearer and nearer and I'm thinking I need to know what to say you know this is this is quite a reasonable sized conference they were planning I'm like I can't you know there were some there were a couple of names on the bill and then there's me there's this banner you know with so and so and you you won't know the names because they're UK ministers there's a guy called Jared Cooper you know this this banner with flames on it said Jared Cooper and Rebecca Clayton I'm like god I need you know I've got to have something to say to these people they're expecting and he would not tell me he just said nope no planning, no planning. And I had to get up in front of this church full of people and not plan. And you know what? I talked for an hour and I'm told it made quite a lot of sense. <laughs> and I can report that I was not ill. That's awesome. But as you begin to trust him with just one or two words, he'll start building. I could never have done this even five years ago. I'd have been petrified. And look at look at how far because now you're you're about to release. When is your when is this book coming out? The Supernatural Housewife. It is due out on June fourteenth. It's it's actually up for pre order now. So if you want to be first, you can go and pre order it. But it will actually be published on June the fourteenth. Okay, and you also you are you're an author because you have written another book, and the book that you your first book was When the Lion Roars. Well, I, I guess if I've written two books, I can't really escape the title anymore, can I? Not anymore, no. <laughs> no. I wrote the, the first book last summer. It's called When the Lion Roars, as you say, and it's actually the story of our journey from uh, basically atheists with th- three children um, with ADHD, autistic spectrum disorder and ADD. Um, they also had sort of multiple food sensitivities and all kinds of things. And it's a story of our kind of journey over a few years from that point to the point at which God supernaturally healed all three of them in 2009. That's awesome. That's awesome. When it happened, because it is, I mean, I shared a little bit of you before the interview, didn't I? But it's it's such an intricate story that, that I kind of was like, God, how on earth do I share this? This isn't, it's not just your average little kind of short five minute testimony. And he said, no, it's a book. Mm. And it took six years, six years now, hang on, yeah, six years for it to get from that point to actually getting it published. But that was that was about me being ready to do it more than anything else. When I actually sat down to do it, it came quite quickly. Um, and it's, yeah, it's exciting. It's blessing people. Um, I'm, I'm being connected with parents um with children with those kind of problems and getting to pray for them and we're starting to see little breakthroughs here and there so that's exciting exciting stuff and to be able to encourage them as parents as well and say look you know that there is a way through this i don't believe that what happened with us is a formula it's not a formula for healing it's an encouragement for you to seek god for yourself and to know that his will is for you to be free amen amen so that is i mean both of those books and if you really think about it like when the lion roars was the lion was God opening up your mouth to give you a voice. That's true. And the supernatural housewife is saying, I can use anybody, <laughs> even a housewife. Absolutely. And as I say, it started out, it started out under the kind of working title of Tales of Encouragement. And then God gave me that title, I think in about January this year, he just it just dropped into my head one day and I was like, oh, and I kind of, it just kind of fitted, you know, I was like, that's, that's really good. And um, 
since then I've actually kind of because what I was doing with, with my blog and stuff was a bit kind of identity list. There wasn't anything for anyone to really understand what I was about. So when God gave me that, I was like, yes, that's what I'm about. That's exactly what I'm about. Let's run with it. And people have kind of started to, to kind of get hold of that. Well, you did, you know, and, and it, it gives you something to understand what, what I'm about and where I'm, where I want to take you, you know. Um, so the book actually now is not just a collection of testimonies. It's got testimonies with kind of points that I draw out from each one but in the centre of the book God has had me put um, like a, a little kickstart guide like a ready reference so that you can go into the centre of the book and it will say right okay here's you know here's a 10 step guide to you know laying hands on your friend and, and praying for healing this is how I do it so if you're really kind of unsure and you're like oh I, I want to do it but I don't really know it's a really really basic guide of like okay right here's what you do you know you remember to ask permission to touch if it's in a personal area you put their hand over it and you put your hand on top it's as basic as that because I really believe that that is what is is kind of missing with so many people is that they're like but I don't know how I don't know how to get started if we can just get people started we're going to see, you know, I've started calling it the supernatural housewife revolution, you know. I love that. <laughs> you actually, you you actually have um, um, on Facebook, <clears throat> excuse me, the supernatural housewife, correct? Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a page and I've recently started just literally in the couple, last couple of weeks. God was like, start an actual Facebook group. Okay. And what I want to do from that is actually as people read the book or you can you can sign up for like a taster course on my website which is free and i want to draw the people in that are actually doing following along with the course to actually get them to share their experiences and, and kind of pull resources so i'm looking forward to seeing what kind of happens there as well well i think that's awesome so if you guys want to pre-order that was june 18th is that correct 14th 14th sorry june 14th the supernatural housewife is going to hit on Amazon, correct? Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it'll be in Kindle first, and there will be a paperback version. Maybe, hopefully, I might get it out at the same time, but if not, then very shortly afterwards, there will be a paperback as well. And, Rebecca, can you also give your website, so if people would like to contact you, if they need healing, or if they would like to get some more information about you? Yeah, sure. The the um, internet, the actual web address is www genuinelife.net so that was genuinelife.net if you guys want to connect with Rebecca Clayton you can also find her first book When the Lion Roars you can find that on Amazon again The Supernatural Housewife you can get that on June 14th so this has been so much fun it has I've enjoyed it this has been just so great and so you know after after it's been released and when you start working on your third book which I see coming <laughs> you definitely have to come on and I I really believe that um we're going to be seeing you in the states very very shortly oh well, I hope so that would be exciting there's a yep. few people over there I want to meet Yes, yes. I definitely see North Carolina is going to be a place you're going to be visiting quite soon. Yeah, Arizona's kind of fairly high on the list as well. I need yes, to, I yes. need to buy a certain medic a pint, really. Yeah, well, he's we, we've been we've been talking about it because the well, tribe is getting bigger. So, we'll make a bacon sandwich or both. Yes, yes. We'll, in, <laughs> we'll entice. Well, you know, when 
as, as things start to align, you definitely have to keep us um, posted on on what's going on. But I I see that this is going to this is going to rock a lot of people and it's going to jumpstart a lot of people. Just like Dave's book, you know, Healing Made Simple. This yeah, yeah. is this is going to be that type. But this is this is geared and it's written. It, it's actually written from a different perspective because yeah. I think that it's. There, there's a key that's being unlocked in women right now. Yeah, it's, and, it's kind of, I'm kind of writing to me like maybe eight years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, and that's what I kind of see is that God is just unlocking women to step into their destinies. And I feel that yes. there's going to be a lot more books that are going to speak to women to mm-hmm. become everything that He has called them to be, and that includes being supernatural. Amen. So thank you so much. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. This has been such a blessing. Also, just remember, you can you can get Rebecca's book. It is The Supernatural Housewife. That is June 14th, When the Lion Roars. You can get that. You can also go to her website, which is Genuine. What is it now? Genuine Life. Genuine Life. Okay. So thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you for listening, guys. I hope you've been as blessed as I have been. And just remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.